0: Welcome. To we call it soccer, a podcast by T United fans.
1: I'm Colin. I'm Caleb, and I'm Notch. This week's going to be a little bit different. We're spending most of our hour discussing the trade hashtag the trade. And uh, has anyone used that hashtag yet? I don't know. I and I I am cognizant that we have a few listeners who are not Minnesota United fans, and if you're not. If you're not interested in hearing our thoughts on Christian Ramirez, maybe this is the right time to skip a week, Uh, go back to listening to whatever other crime podcast you've been ignoring, Um, whatever house project for one hour that you've always neglected because the sweet, sultry sounds of our voices were too,
0: too good to skip there's a really good interview with alexandria ocasio-cortez on pod save america go listen to that instead yeah, if you right. don't want to listen to okay. stuff about christian ramirez actually listen to both of them but <laughs> maybe you know what it, it'll cheer you up if you listen to them at the same time
2: you have so many addendums to that it's just not ridiculous
0: okay. i'm just trying to stall for time because okay. i don't want to have to talk
1: about this i'll also say that our feelings are still raw all of us here and it's fair to say that take what we say in that context um that we are the three of us uh very upset producer nick is also upset uh if the sound quality on this episode is far better than you have previously encountered on this podcast it's because producer nick is with us and will be editing as opposed to me Uh, i apologize for the better quality of audio but uh, maybe, maybe the you know I don't I don't feel like doing a section intro even because we're just gonna have one segment in this, so we don't need to do a segment intro. Let's just talk about Minnesota United. And um, before we get to the, the hashtag the trade, we should talk about the game on Saturday. Angelo Rodriguez's debut being the big talking point. Um, we don't really need to talk about the lineup confusion that that surprised us. The fact that he was starting over Christian because that'll come later. Yeah, but that made perfect sense. Yeah, let's uh let's talk about the fact that we had eighty three very good minutes. Was it? I we had very few, much fewer than that, good minutes.
2: Okay, okay, Um, yeah. The first minutes that we were winning. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. The first half, we were actually in the game. Uh, Quintero. On the first chance we had all game, juke Chad Marshall out of his, uh, what's his hospital shoes? I don't know, some old kind of shoes. He's, <laughs> his, uh, Dockers. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just throw them in the far post. I wear Dockers, asshole. <laughs> actually, oh, I do
0: too. God damn it, I'm I, old. His I penny don't. loafers.
2: Fuck. Is that a thing? That Benny, yes, that works. His okay, loafers cool. Yeah. And just his penny
1: loafers the- have actual pennies from 1892. <laughs> <in> <laughs> they're pennies, yeah, actually. Yeah,
2: exactly and god the far
0: bless post- you chad marshall god bless you
2: turn the far posts sit right as just a signature cantero strike and then uh
1: rodriguez and then i should say we the dark cloud started chanting he chipped Frey with science which was just <laughs> That's awesome. uh it, it was it was no fantastic. he blinded friday All oh, right, he blinded friday Frey i couldn't remember what the verb was so uh that was beautiful and then you were gonna say about Rodriguez. Uh I believe the
2: first header he had went over the bar, the second when they had hit the uh the near post. The same post was hit not minutes later by Darwin on a on a counterattack. And then after that, the attack for Monsineta just ceased to exist.
3: And that's the second half started. And yeah. Seattle just started piling them forward.
1: Okay. Rodriguez, how do we rate him? The big new signing.
2: I mean, he was only effective for about a half because he's not fit. Not because he's poor quality at all.
1: Has he not
0: been playing?
2: I I no, don't he, know. He was out sorry. of
0: season, if I remember right. Yeah. And then, you know, there's all the time to get his visa paperwork done and transfer stuff. Yeah. It took a while. Um, yeah. Notch and I actually, we stood next to each other in the dark clouds and at one point i was it you that said how thickly built he is like <laughs> that's a very interesting look in your face right now notch <laughs> like it, there were a couple of runs there where it it felt like a bull in a china shop in a very good way you know there were some positive signs there but yeah he got gassed after halftime and it took a while to sub him out for Budun Lottie.
1: Okay. Now, talk to me about the substitutions, because that was something that really ticked off out of Schieferdecker. the fact that, A, we didn't use our last substitution, B, that the substitutions that we did make seemed to make us weaker, which allowed Seattle to come back into this game.
2: Uh, Rasmus Schuler came out at halftime, uh, pulled his groin. He's back in practice today, but
0: I was out. I, I was the most you want to pull. In- yeah, insert pulling Rasmus Schuller's groin joke. And in Bendic. public,
2: he did in front of, he did, he pulled his groin in front of 20,000 people and he's still, he's not in prison. So, I mean, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Colin Martin came in for him at halftime. And then 70th minute, Abu Daladi finally came on for the uh, Rodriguez, who probably did an ot- oxygen mask on the sideline because he was just dead tired. Um, Daladi doesn't have a touch for the first 10 minutes of on the field, which.
3: I don't know if he has no lot about soccer is is not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like literally he did not touch the ball. Talk to me
1: about the two goals.
2: Yeah. Uh VAR bar, R- happened. bar was, happened twice in this game. First and honestly, as a person who wasn't at the game watching on TV, both VAR decisions were correct. Uh Calvo yeah. was they were reviewing a handball on him, um but it hit his uh, lower arm while he was diving to block the ball which by FIFA laws is not a handball um, since it's in a natural position and the Medellabara handball on the box was a clear handball and was definitely a penalty both those decisions were correct uh, the rest referee was making those decisions so you shouldn't fault the referee
3: for that um, Olero scores the penalty and then being my idiotic Fan nature
2: was like, okay, I'll you know what, I draw it in Seattle. They're on a hot street, a draw is fine, I'll take a draw. I'll
3: draw, okay, draw. <sighs> yeah. Colin. Rel Rui Diaz then gets an unmarked header,
0: flicks it dead straight into Will Bruin, who is also loosely
1: marked, and scores. In stoppage time. Yeah, and uh, cue the game ending. Bobby Shuttleworth lying on the ground there for several minutes, um, just prone. And I was leading, though, what was left of the supporters and singing Bobby songs. I just wanted that man to just get up and at least just walk away with his head held high because, God damn, that boy. um, He had another good game, I think, Bobby. Oh, uh, yeah. He, that's he's been really, fantastic yeah, this year. Really good yeah. saves. It's not his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can't blame him for
0: not saving a penalty. You can't blame him for two attackers, including one who got subbed in to do that exact same thing.
1: Well, um, I think it's time we start talking about the really big issue. Um, Yesterday, of course, Minnesota United announcing that their season ticket waiting list has been rebranded the Preserve Allianz Field waiting list. How do you all feel about this? And... (laughs) We're going to spend the rest of the hour talking about this now. You know, I am irate.
2: There are so many puns just waiting to be used. and Minnesota just refused all of them. It's Ridiculous. Anyway, what were we talking about?
0: No, no. We, I'm pretty sure that we were going to talk about the huge, huge trade that happened. $50,000 in GAM for an international slot from Colorado.
3: <laughs> which we
0: it was literally trade backseas because we gave them that exact like why did mls even bother updating the website which they hadn't done which led to so many people being confused about how many international slots minnesota had they end up updating it after the fact to say that minnesota traded it to colorado and then called it a different international slot when Colorado <laughs> traded <laughs> it back. What in the actual
2: fuck? Serious question for y'all. Uh, How much damn can it for one Bitcoin? Is that a... What's the, the market on that?
1: I, th- I think uh, twelve thousand Chase rewards point for your credit <laughs> card. But anyway, I, I think of America was the MLS sponsor. Right? <laughs> I enjoyed the fact that a fifty thousand gam Twitter account started up and thanked the United <laughs> for the time <laughs> it spent that was on the club. So great! <laughs> I missed that. That's fantastic. I, I really enjoyed that part about this whole thing. Well, it is it is time to talk about the the burning. Issue the the elephant in the room, uh, or the striker who isn't. Monday night, we all heard that Christian Ramirez has been traded away from Minnesota United FC. Words that I did not expect to be saying out loud for a couple of years yet, if ever. Um the the details of the deal have fluctuated in their specificity since the night and I to be honest haven't kept track of exactly which allocation money and what amount within which year so could did one of you 250 I, each in uh 2018 and 2019
0: general allocation 100k in uh 2018 TAM um doing the math 200k in 2019 TAM 200k in performance bonuses
3: so, up to a million dollars, I believe? Up, up to, to a million. Yes, that's correct. And Which is a decent return. It still hurts. This trade.
1: Do, do you, okay. So, I guess I was about to ask you, is it a fair trade? But before we get there, um, you know, actually, let's just talk about that. Do you think it was a fair trade? Do you think we got our money's worth for Christian Ramirez? I, what he is worth today?
2: Considering that, la- uh, was it last year, there were declining offers for him from lead MX clubs for a little bit more, about one to one and a half mil.
1: Of which we would have kept less because of the rules. Because of, the yeah, time.
2: the rules of the league. Um it's a better deal for the club to get more money. Um it's a great deal for LAFC, I think, and for Christian to go home to where his and his wife's family are from and play in front of his family. And it is an area he's very familiar with, don't wouldn't have to adapt very much at all. Um. That being said, the money going into the club, we haven't seen money spent well or efficiently. By That's not club. what I ask.
1: Okay, okay. We 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 got to stop going there because that doesn't go into whether it was a fair trade. I uh, let me at least address the
0: gam side of it. Had he been sold for like $1. 1.5 $1. 1.8 million like we had seen, it would be seven hundred fifty thousand that Minnesota United would more than likely get in general allocation money. When you consider that tam is arguably worth less in the league than gam i think it's kind of a wash okay and then you also have to be cognizant of the fact that you traded him to a team that's going to play minnesota united twice a year
1: yes that was i think one of my biggest points is that we've given a really good player to a rival (laughs) and that scares the hell out of me uh I don't even have motivation to to really come and <laughs> kick the shit out of us. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. I would say, in terms of worth, I think the the aspect of giving him to a rival in the same conference is something that troubles me very deeply. I think from the Christian Ramirez side, yes, the home aspect is good, but he is still going to be a maybe second or third string player there unless he can prove himself. Well, he might be starting
2: soon. Like, it, went down injured recently, and Marco Rena has been very poor in mls so far hey
1: probably on the phone with manny lagos right now <laughs> <laughs> don't even joke about that don't. Anyway. please don't, <laughs> <Anyway>. please don't. <laughs> I, I actually
2: <laughs> heard we didn't call uh tell him malice back so.
1: johnny Steele <laughs> is like <laughs>
2: he, he's out of contract so might as well
1: gotsman <laughs> <up. laughs> jason mora all the greatest hits are back anyway hey, jason mora at least
0: is in town he's a he does stimulus now
1: yeah, I know he designs nice jerseys. Better than Adidas, anyway. But anyway, so the point is, um, I think the fact that we gave him to a rival is bad. I think from Christian's side, uh, it's it's a, it's an it's a creature comforts good from a coaching standpoint, probably good. But from a out and out can I hit the pitch standpoint, I don't know if it's as good as maybe going to a Liga MX club, where if he he'd probably be fighting the same battle about being a backup or a striker. But if he got to the front of that line. This the the exposure would be far greater. Mm-hmm. Chance of being called up to the US his national team would be greater as well. So I, I would say that I I would have preferred to get something more for him, um, or maybe even a player of some quality, a DP level player.
0: So I will say I think that you underrate the fact that LAFC has such a huge stature in MLS already. I think that is going to help him out for future. National team call ups. You know, just the fact that LAFC gets on national TV all the time, that's going to get him into the narrative around MLS a lot more than just being in Minnesota.
1: Robert Bradley, the first, will also be making some phone calls if he likes this man. There's so, a second. I don't know. <laughs> if he's there, we'll boo him. By the way, one thing that we need
0: to discuss Superman just got traded to a team that has Lex Luthor as its coach. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, this is this is deeply concerning. That is, <laughs> the, that is the only problem for me in terms of him going to LAFC. Uh, okay. Continue.
1: Well, okay. So, anyways, that, that was our... Uh, so, I think on the whole, we think this deal maybe could have been better, but probably not. It's probably as good as we could get. Now, what you were coming to, Caleb, was in terms of what we need right now or what we trust the front office to do with what we have got so in a vacuum-packed world are the discussion that we had right now where there's no other factors being considered we just had that discussion okay but now let's consider the front office that's getting the funds let's also consider what the team needs and what it's just given up
2: well what it just gave up is an mls striker uh uh, domestic uh, striker who stored 21 goals in his last Year and a half in MLS, um, what they're in return is money that they haven't shown the track record to spend wisely. Uh, spending money on foreign players that are improving in the lead, like Uh, and Awundi and other players. I don't, we spend Dam and tam on foreign players. Actually, if
0: yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, and, the tam guys that we've got on the roster right now, Francisco Calvo love him or hate him there's he's he's uh, at least been a consistent starter rasmus Schuller. took him a while but he's come into being a consistent starter i almost think because i i did crunch the numbers on this it looks to me that with the amount of allocation money that you can use to buy down designated player contracts it almost makes sense to save it until next season because you can get a lot of salary off of your books with guys that are not getting regular minutes guys like maximiano alexi gomez yeah he's getting playing time but they can do better you know there's enough of those contracts on minnesota united's books right now if you clear them out suddenly you have the opportunity to maybe get a young dp or two you've got to shit ton of tan that you can spend on guys, you know, you could divvy out about seven hundred thousand for like four or five slots. Isn't it
1: isn't it over two years though? Isn't it split up between it's two over years? Over so... two
2: years, but the stuff that we did this year can carry over to next year. Yeah. Um still the what this front office needs is at least what I think the fans think they need is to win this year and try to push this year. And the fact that we're not going to go for a player at all, probably in this transfer
3: window that ends, maybe by the time you're listening to this on the eighth, just shows that they're sticking to Heath's plan and Manny's plan and playing the long game again. And it, when 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 does that stop? I think in Manny's quotes to Maiden Ryan,
2: Today on the trade, and I, or no, Heath spoke to the Brendan Ryan was something along the lines of, you know, this trade looks bad to fans now, but maybe in two to three years, it'll work out. And I, I think,
1: I think what Heath said was, I mean, the longer video that was posted, he basically made the case that they were getting too much of a return. That it always hurts fans to see their favorites leave, but that you have to accept that sometimes they're a selling clubs. That's basically what it boils down to is that he said that you, you, when you get a good return for a player, you got to give them up. Now, I, I think your salient point there was sticking to Heat's plan and how long does that plan last? And, and also, what, what is his plan? Right. Alex <laughs> Schieferdecker before this trade was even announced, had come out with a piece calling out the kind of inconsistency of lineup uh, arrangements, how some players would be called to a lineup no matter what they did the previous game, whereas other players like Miguel would be punished for little mistakes and there was no predictability in heat's lineups no accountability from what we could see
0: yeah the predictability that came from the last week or last month or so was because they won three games in a row and he wasn't going to tinker with it when he won three games in a
1: row but even but what I'm saying is even when when we lose that there seems to be questions about why he's doing stuff and that this is something that I think is is been has been true of a lot of Minnesota United's moves. We hear these two Cameroonian guys are gonna just be the bi- biggest best things, and then you have folks on at, in and around the team talking about that, and then they're big flops. You have guys like Demidov who are hyped to high heaven, and they're massive flops. Kadri, like. It just doesn't seem to be a sense of consistency of narrative from beginning to end, a consistency of system, a predictability where fans can say, okay, we've been told this, this is what we expect. This guy did this, this is what we can expect. Christian Ramirez, like you said, has been scoring tons and tons of goals and we decided to pick up two draft picks in his position. Uh, that then made him compete for spots. At the beginning of this year, he was playing that game of chicken in the lineup with Ladi, which for reasons that I don't really understand. And he got ticked off. Like, he got demoralized. Of course he's going to get demoralized. And so he was kind of looking a little sulky and unhappy. And this is my question, which is coming up with this trade, is I haven't seen this front office in MLS do enough with its money. That's effective. I think we've got, had a few additions who have been difference makers like Schuler, Calvo, Bobby. Um, Quintero. Quintero, obviously. But the vast majority of people who've been brought in have been mediocre or at best players or huge flops. And some of the biggest flops have been the guys who we've spent a lot of money on. So adding a lot of money, that's great. But what's next? The other concern I have is, you know, Ramirez, that's fine. We're getting maximum value for him right now. But what's the guarantee that Rodriguez is actually going to do well?
2: There really isn't one. And I think you showed on Saturday he's not 90 minutes fit yet. Yeah. And to bring in Dan who is very injury prone, still coming off an injury that has left him out most of the season. And you can't even bring in Toy because he's not MLS ready yet. So, yeah, Rodriguez... And if DeLando's down, no one behind him.
3: It's the same it's, problem yeah. we had at it's, the beginning of this it's year. It's jumping yeah. off a cliff without a net below you. I uh, I wanted
0: to wait to reference Francisco Calvo's comments about the squad politics and all that. But I am at least going to be willing to give Rodriguez the rest of the season to figure out no, I don't think what he's... And if it's saying that we don't yeah. want him to succeed... Yeah.
2: It's just there's lots of risk and hoping that he doesn't. There's there's a chance that he doesn't. There's a chance that he doesn't.
0: I Here's my thing. Adrian Heath said today that part of the reason that he felt comfortable pulling the trigger on this trade was that he felt he saw enough in Rodriguez to say, this is my striker going forward. I know that he scouted him. I... I cannot profess to much knowledge of the Colombian League beyond YouTube highlights, but I find it hard to believe that 65-70 minutes where he clearly was not 90 minutes match fit, where he showed some decent promise in the first half, faded pretty much off the field late on. How is that your
1: way of saying, yes, this guy is good enough to go? And I think that that's my biggest problem with this trade, which is that Minnesota United like, okay, man, we're a selling club. That hurts me as someone who wants my club to be an LAFC or an Atlanta, which is like one of the big flashy winners in this league, or at least someone like the Red Bulls who like grow their talent. Uh, That hurts if we're going to be selling all our best players all the time. Like That really, really hurts. So um, we can talk about that angle in a second. The whole fact that I wish Ramirez could have been a one club man, but. I think the thing that really like bothers me is that we just traded away the guy from Minnesota United. When when kids eight and nine years old think of Minnesota United, they think of Christian Ramirez. When people are screaming lineup names, literally, I mean the Sound of Luloon spot that I was on, Miranda Mueller said that. Like she said, and there's something special about screaming Ramirez's name. Like we didn't know about the trade at that point. But so You just gave up a guy who literally has things that you cannot put a price onto and take years to build. Who is that guy now? Ibarra? Like, I mean, I love Miguel. I really do. And now he is the face of our franchise, but he's a quieter guy. He doesn't have kind of that visual goal scoring impact on games. And this is not a dig on Miguel. I love the man. But even when they were playing together, Christian was the guy who was doing the flashy bicycle kicks. Like that's just his role on the team. Mm -hmm. And, and this, this is something that now Quintero maybe can take on that role. No, Quintero was
0: brought in to take that role. You don't bring in your first DP and have him be a game-changing forward for him not to be the guy for your team. Fine. That's what he has done, and quite frankly, that's what his track record is. Everywhere except for Club America said he was going to do an MLS. Yeah, and he's, he's done it so far.
1: Are you going to make him the homegrown talisman? Like, is he our guy? Because Christian came up with our team is what I'm saying. Like, he was he was from California. But, I mean, this guy was Mr. Minnesota United. He had come with us out of the blue, out of a crisis. And I think he had those intangibles, like, imprinted on his memory with, in the in the psyche of Minnesota United fans. And when you give that up, you're giving up all sorts of stuff that you're never really going to get back until, unless you get that Almiron type who comes in at 19, and then you see send him off to like Manchester United. Darwin Quintero
0: isn't going to have those intangibles, and that's going to be one of the big downfalls. That's what that doesn't change the fact that he was brought in to be imprinted as that guy from Minnesota
1: United. I don't think you're you're arguing the same point I am, which is that... No, we're not. We're <laughs> not. We usually aren't Not I, I thought you understood it's, it's this by
0: It's fun for now. me to watch, Fair honestly. Fair
2: um, no, As far yeah. as homegrown faces of the club, look no further than our back line with Brent Coleman. After every single home match, no matter win, draw, or loss, he's walking around applauding the fans. People remember that. He's been playing out of his mind in the back three. Uh, just great defensively as like basically a fireman, put all the fires that
3: are midfield and has caused and he's vastly underpaid. So Minnesota won't have a reason to sell him.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you're saying again. I no. think Miguel also has all of those characteristics. I'm just saying that we gave up somebody who looms larger in the imagination and we don't have another player like that. There isn't a, like, Christian loomed in the imagination as a bigger-than-life character is what I'm saying. And that takes years to build.
3: Yeah. I.
2: Brent Cullen may not be as big as Superman or Batman, but he can definitely be Minnesota's
3: Matt Beasler. Minnesota's solid defenseman that's there for a one-club person, a one-club player. I,
1: you're shaking your head at me like I'm idiotic or something. I mean, I like, like Brent. I like him, but he's never going to get called up to the United States men's national team. No, but Christian legitimately might. Christian could have gone from being a guy who made, and this is a number I'm just pulling out of my ass right now, I don't know his wages in NASL, but he could have been a guy who make, went from making like $20,000 with us to making millions as our first, like, ho- like, not homegrown, but, you know, in quotations, designated player. He could have been the guy who'd been with us for 15 years and was Mr. Minnesota. And, like have been scoring consistently for us for years and who we had loved and was beloved of fans, beloved of everybody. And that is what I'm saying. We just decided to say, Nope, a million bucks. And, 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 even, and, and let me, let me tie it to what we were talking about before, which is with Rodriguez and replacing him. I think when you're kind of going to snip that kind of narrative from fans and take it away, you have to do it at the right time. You can't do that kind of thing when we're losing, when there's all these unsureties around you, when the risks are not just apparent to you, but to the fans. And I think, I mean, the timing of this transfer, if we had got a little less money and done it over the winter after I'd got to see Rodriguez play a little bit and be like, oh, okay, this guy's actually good. If we'd actually seen if Dunlady can stay healthy through the rest of the season, I think that would have been taken well by the fans. I'm not saying the team had to do it that way, but there's also been some questioning, why are the fans so angry? Why are we so upset? And this is one of the things that upsets me. It was done at the worst possible time. When I, as a fan, I I don't know what we're going for, and the stuff that I'm being told to keep faith in, a lot of that stuff hasn't come through from the beginning of the season, or last year for that matter. I don't have a lot of faith left to give. The question is, should the front office be
0: concerned with that from a Technical perspective. I understand why a team would want to cultivate stars, but I would hope for at least a more competent front office for them to (laughs) at least that. Well, yes, I, I would certainly hope for a competent front office, but what I would hope for them to look at
3: if they knew what they were doing was is this going to benefit our team? like i I am a little bit more of a mercenary about that i'm i'm
0: I'm as hurt as everyone else is, but if I have enough faith that it's going to work out in the end, I can go along with it. I don't have that faith i, I and that's my biggest problem. I have zero faith in this front office to actually make this work. I have zero faith in how they scouted. I have zero faith in how they've evaluated their own talent. If
1: a player doesn't want to go and he's happy in the team, I would rather our team makes a little less money and we get a player who's a fan favorite who's doing well. And we're not talking about, like, mediocre players here. We're not talking about the um, uh, Tiago Calvano's of this world, okay? In NASL days. I love Tiago, but, like, if he had been traded, "Ah, okay, all right, sounds good, no problem. He's not a superstar for us. But, like, I would love, I think part of the magic of a sports team is the dedication the fans have to it, the connection that they feel, the narrative, the stories they tell themselves, their children, at night, after games, when the play on the pitch is done. We're not just there for the 90 minutes in the stadium. And I want my team to do well in those 90 minutes. But if it's a, you know, we don't need to, to squeeze every last little bit of profit out. And I would rather hold on to Christian Ramirez for a little bit longer, and not, you know, stab the fans' hearts with a knife, than, than like sell him right now. Like I, I, I would, I would much rather want the team to cultivate this guy, keep him happy, and like, I don't know. I it's 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 a complicated feeling, and that's why I'm a supporter and not just you know someone who sits and watches games and then doesn't have a podcast let let me ask you this because I, i
0: i do think we're close to on the same wavelength on this do you have that same feeling for team success rather than team profit like you said that you don't want to extract every bit of profit out but do you feel the same way if
1: you legitimately do believe that it's going to make the team better I think a player of Ramirez's quality, if you can't find a place for him in your system. Um, Change your system? Yeah, that reflects very poorly on on the system that you have chosen to play. And I think this is the question of do you build your team around the player or do you build your players around the team? And I think when you're coming in with a brand new expansion or whatever and there's no history or whatever, it's... It's fine, but someone's got to say, like, this dude has been here for four years. We're consistently building him up. And this, I mean, I don't know, maybe this discussion is now getting way out of hand because then we're talking about which coaches were brought in. Could they build these systems around him? But, like, and I feel like there was a discussion about this two years ago. Do we build our team around Ramirez? I feel like this was a discussion point that was, uh, or who do we build our team around? This was something we were talking about. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like... This guy was, and maybe we can move into, because I think we've touched on the competitive stuff. I think we've touched on the fact that we're really not sure what's going to happen with the money or the competitive side. And uh, let me ask one question, I guess, before we move on to how we took the news, which is, do you think the team is still fighting this season? Or do you think that we've, we've said this season can be something that we throw onto the table on number 22 on the roulette wheel?
3: No, this this season's over. This was
2: a white flag sent up by the front office to try and give them all another year.
1: Would a a big number six signing tomorrow convince you otherwise?
3: I don't think so. No.
1: Because that could happen. The, 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 The window isn't closed yet. So we could see something massive happen with all this money that we've just earned. I don't think it's
0: going to change the fortunes. I think the bigger sign of it actually being a white flag is whether or not this leads to experimentation with the lineup, whether or not this means saying, okay, these are the guys that we're going to build towards 2019 with. Let's put them in and let's get them used to playing with one another. Let's get them used to getting some sort of positive chemistry going. Let's, let some of the younger kids take their lumps. Let's play Colin Martin instead of Colin Warner. Let's play why at Helmsburg that
2: back and put travel in the middle. See what happens.
0: Yeah. There's multiple things
3: that and she will do could do, but probably won't she knows the season is a loss. You know?
0: And honestly, like if this season is a loss, I would rather them really just start experimenting. If Adrian Heath still looks at this and says we can make the playoffs, I'm going to just do what we have been doing, then I'm going to feel even worse about it, to be honest. Like, I'm going to feel as though there isn't a
1: coherent idea. Here's the problem, though. If those experiments mean that Angelo Rodriguez doesn't score and the team doesn't do well... Because of that, you've just raised the stakes about that by giving away Ramirez. Now, every single person, the second we do poorly, is going to come and say, see, see, I told you, which is going to, I mean, again, that's, that's, this is all PR versus like
2: on Twitter, which is.
1: I mean, we're on fucking Twitter. I know. <laughs>
0: like, I mean, yeah. this is a fucking podcast. We are, you know? on, a, we are on multiple mediums
1: of on Reddit, right right like, so. to, to, to mention this really quick, he was like, you know what? The team doesn't owe you anything. You spoiled you children acting like someone threw your toys out of the pram. Like, the team doesn't owe you anything. Just give them your money, and if you don't want to, don't. But shut up and stop, like, whining. So, I'm we're, glad that we found Adrian Heath's burner account.
0: Like, especially <laughs> the fact they use the word pram. Like, was just, uh, that's no, that, just, that, that like, was me.
2: That was, me. That was that, a 76ers that, GM situation we got going on with uh, yeah. <laughs> so, stuff. So,
1: so, but this is, this is what I'm saying, right? Like, it, th- there, there's this question of does it matter that we are upset? Does it only matter <laughs> if we're right, or does it matter that we're upset?
3: I think it matters that we're upset just because.
2: I mean. All of us here have already paid for our t- t- tickets this year and probably for next year too. But are we going to bring our friends to the games if one of her players and one of the, f- the face of the franchise isn't there anymore? Are, are
3: So are we building, are creating more fans, bringing new our friends to the games who haven't been to a game before? Are people being
2: like, seeing that we've traded? Boy, I the face of the franchise and went, like, oh, the Twins just did the same thing. I don't go to their names anymore. Why should I go to this game or why should I? It's a, it's a casual fan that not us supporters who have seen tickets, but the casual fan who goes to two to three games a year and saw Ramirez's two goals since we all set late in, in our first win last year. They're like, oh, that guy was really good. Why didn't we just traded him? Why Why should they even go back? It's those guys that are going to lose. Yeah. And those sellouts will oh we sold out at 20,000 oh we sold out at 19,000 oh we sold out at 17,000
3: we all seem to sell out even though no matter what number is in the stands but it's the casual fans that are at risk here yeah and
0: the one thing i will say is that i don't feel like people like us are going to be the evangelists for this team anymore who is
3: like the craziest of crazy supporters. It's going to be different. It's going to be weakened. Mm, okay.
0: I I'm not sure I grasp your point there, but uh well like anyone that knows me and isn't part of Loon Soccer Twitter, they would probably look at me going ape shit last night being angry at everything and thinking to themselves, "Man, this dude is more than happy to, like, stand up for this team thick and thin. This has to be serious. This has to be something that really soured the most
1: diehard of supporters. There's got to be a good reason for that. I want to talk about for a second where we heard the news, how we heard the news, because I think we'd heard some rumors going into this and I was kind of like putting on a brave face. Someone on a Reddit said like, hey, what do you think is the right return for Christian Ramirez You know, after the first rumor came out? And I was like, yeah, 25 goals a year. And that pithy response, reading it later, I was like,
3: how could I have
2: said something like
1: that?
3: I'm so sorry. And, and, you
1: guys want
0: to know how I heard it? When Caleb sent our Facebook chat "Quote: I hate everything." Producer Nick sent me too, and then said, "Oh, <laughs> I just that's saw true. why you sent this."
2: <laughs> Do you think I just hate everything just normally? I'm just that's my baseline. everything
1: mine, so it, that <laughs> is fair. I was in freaking accounting class, and I I missed like doing 20 minutes of accounting stuff because of this because I I just couldn't stop reading all the reactions and what had happened, and and okay. to to get into a more slightly more serious point it hit me way harder than i thought it would i mean i was full on in tears walking out of class like you know played wonderwall on the drive home and just was like so mixed up you know it was before my drive home that i wrote that little message and sent it to him because i was like what do i even say to this guy how do you even like encapsulate four years of glory because i mean Here's here's what it boils down to for me, guys, and I think I've said a lot of words, and maybe people are like, "How does he feel this way? This doesn't make any sense." Like, not just a fucking idiot or whatever. To some of these reactions, let me let me let me contextualize how I see her shit, which is going into my second year as a fan. My first one as a very serious supporter. I was following the team. I was on our Minnesota United on Reddit. I was like getting into Twitter for the first time, learning about our players, and I knew that this guy Pablo Campos was really good, and he was gonna. Do it for us. In 2014, it was going to be our year because Pablo was going to score. Pablo gets hurt in preseason. Everyone's like, what is going on? This was the year when hashtag panic came up. Christian Ramirez was the first signing. And people kind of just shunted it aside. Kind of being like, ah, this guy from the Charlotte Eagles? Who the hell is this guy? I mean, I'm sure he'd be okay, but whatever. And Pablo gets hurt. And everyone's just so unsure. And then we, we, we're we at the first watch party. Again, this is, I, I got to emphasize, this is some of my f- earliest experiences with the dark clouds as like a person trying to be an active part of the organization, not just standing in the stadium. I'm standing there at the Nomad World Pub and 10 minutes in, this guy, who's been put in the lineup as a starter for God knows what reason, and all of us are like, we have no idea what's going to happen, makes this beautiful, incredible goal. And since that minute, Every time Minnesota United has done well, Christian Ramirez has been on the pick. All of our greatest successes, beating the Cosmos, our first MLS win, the massive season in 2014 in ESL, he's always been there. Like, us succeeding has been with Christian. So whether I liked it or not, the fact that he was there always meant really good things for us. Even when his form was bad, and I would criticize him for it, you always knew that someday he could, he could come back. He'd come back. He'd make his, you know, he'd score his goals. You were just doing his goal celebration action of raising his hand to his ear and shaking it. You knew that you were going to see that someday. And now to know that he isn't going to be doing that here, it, it just rips me apart. Um, I think something else that rips me apart is that I, I was dreaming of him playing on the U.S. Men's national team and him being our first national team player. So I'm never going to get to see that again. Well, he's here. I'm never going to get to see that as he's one of our guys. You know, he was a guy who came up here like he's he's our guy. I think if you go back and listen to the episode we recorded when Miguel left, I probably have very similar things to say, but Christian's our guy like he's he's not Minnesota trained, but he is a Minnesota. And that's why it hurt like
3: hell. I mean, I can maybe say that Bill McGuire is
0: the only person more important to that giant stadium that's getting built like half a mile from here. He's the only other person that comes close to the impact that Christian Ramirez has had on this franchise. Like, Bill McGuire saved the team and put a shit ton of money into it. Christian Ramirez is the one that got all of the goals and got so many people excited about soccer in this state.
2: He's one of the reasons we sold out Nessie. Week after we, showing the MLS that we had a fan base here that took a chance on this team and not the bid by the Vikings. It he, he was the face of a franchise and he helped this team get the MLS. And to just toss him aside like this is an insult to his legacy here.
1: I think the the bromance between him and Miguel was an important early storyline for this for the Minnesota United iteration of this team. You take a guy who's been there for many years and suddenly he hits his peak form and you've got this striker who's just come in and is somehow god's gift to soccer and and they're both clicking and then you got these two little nicknames that have been coined on this homie podcast and suddenly they're wearing t-shirts with those nicknames embodying them at a friendly so you 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 watch olympiacos and Man city play in a super hot game at tcf bank stadium and then it's raining everyone in the spectators except the dark clouds have all left the stadium and, or at least gone up into the concourses and then these guys score. And after the game, they both pull up their jerseys to reveal. That's where it happened by the way. It was a TCF that they revealed those, those, those t-shirts. I mean, this guy's a legend. Like I, I don't use that word lightly, but he is a club legend. And I, I just, I mean, it's going to rip my heart out it ripped my heart out to see LAFC posting a picture of him with their colors on the text and saying welcome Christian. I mean like it physically hurt. Like I I don't know how else to describe it. it. It like put a nice big pain in my chest. And like I I don't know. I mean I've never felt this way about a player before. You know, like Miguel you thought he was going to go on to bigger and better yeah.
2: things. Yeah. Miguel left. We had the, this happen already couple years ago, but Miguel was going on abroad to play out to his potential and like, and succeed abroad. This is different. This is going to, within the league, selling to a team within the league, and he's going to play better, I think, under Bob He's going to achieve those Heath. bigger and better things, yeah. but he's not going to do it do, here. Do it with us. With, if Ibarra had succeeded and matched it in with Poblion, we could say, that's our guy. But we can't say that with Christian anymore. We can't say that when he scores a game-winning goal in the MLS playoffs this year for LAFC. We can't say
3: that's our guy because he's L.A.'s guy now. And that hurts. Yeah. And there's this, you know, once a loon, always a loon, but that's just kind of in spirit right now, because he's still in MLS. He's still on our Western Conference rival. We can still cheer for him and hope that he does well, but I mean, he's, I, not, I, he's still a lewd at heart, but not on his crest anymore.
1: No, no, he's going to be playing against us. Yeah, and... His success might directly lead to our failure. And that that is I I you know, I really wish we could have held on to him until someone from somewhere abroad came sniffing, or if he had been just played out and was a husk of the player he once was. So we could all give him a farewell. Or you know what, even if we did give him up and sent him over to like SKC or something, then we could have the chance to at least wave goodbye. To 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 have him climb up over the, the railings at TCF into the supporter section. All of us get to shake his hand, maybe just rub his back real quick in a rub or some on, on a hug or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like Fernando Adi got to go and like shake Timber's hands after scoring the game winning goal. Christian gave us free beer in his final goal. That was his final action. be fair.
3: No, second to last game that he play- played at home. It wasn't his final goal. He scored two in his LA. F- much.
2: But he did give us free beer, and we will always remember that.
3: Yeah, but
1: that was what that. I'm saying is that wasn't enough. I want to, <laughs> I want to say goodbye to him. Like honestly, dude, they should have had an open meet and greet for us to fucking go and like just shake his hand and fucking. You know how many tears there would be. Probably that's why they didn't do it. But I, honestly, if LaFC wanted to have the biggest PR coup in the world, just rent out the NSC <laughs> and like oh just God. put Christian there. They and could do that too. They there were, money. There would be lines. All the way back to the downtown Minneapolis from Blaine. Yep. You yeah. You know, like they could unveil him here and they'd get the same crowd if they unveiled him in L.A. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and and that's what hurts me here, man. Like this guy who gave us so much, he's unceremoniously getting on a fucking economy class flight at the airport when we don't know when he's going to leave. We don't get to fucking say a proper goodbye to him. We get to tweet at him. And this is the shit. This is is the way it goes down. The story starts so beautifully and ends in a fucking gutter, you know? And then the postscript is Meg Ryan
0: from the Star Tribune having to call the team out on Twitter that they weren't releasing players for interviews like they are actually supposed to under media policies that the league has. And then suddenly, half an hour
1: later, Brent Coleman shows up, and that's all they got. And you know, I, I'm just going to put it out there, guys. If you do something that, that where you're like, your players aren't willing to at least come out and like give you the cursory, like, two words of support of like, you know, it's, it's a sport and we all know this is professionals. We give it 100%. We give it 100% every day. And then when we go to trade, you know, like if they're not yeah, willing yeah. to come and do that, maybe you screwed up somewhere. Like, and, and well, me, I no, mean, it wasn't even that. They didn't feel comfortable doing it. Right. right. No, but that, that's what I'm yeah, saying. No. That's what I'm saying. I'm you're, saying I your players...
0: Even, I don't even think it was that the players weren't comfortable. It's that the team wasn't comfortable releasing the players to do it. You Miguel both... did come out and say, give me some space because I can't talk about this. I fully respect him for that.
2: Well, once again, you're on the same side, but arguing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm literally saying, if you can't trust your players in a specific circumstance to do that, you fucked up. And, okay. and honestly, here's my frustration with this team sometimes, which is they never accept that they fucked up. The last time that this team accepted fucked up was at the end of 2013, when Nick and Dr. Bill came out and said this season was an abject failure compared to what we wanted. And, you know, we've never got an acknowledgement that Pangop and Awundi weren't what the team hyped them up to be. We've never got an acknowledgement of all the things in the faith that we've been asked to give them that it's not been repaid. That maybe things aren't going to plan yet. That maybe things aren't perfect. Look at the soft launch shit, man. Like for two years people were like, No soft launch, no soft launch. And then there was that Chris Wright quote a few what was it, months ago where it was kind of like, wasn't it? No, it, it was, was like it? a month ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Damn. that okay. recently. Where it was kind of like supporters town hall. Just huh. freaking come out and say it's a soft launch. You know, like yeah, it's not good for your tickets, maybe, no. but don't fucking yank me around, man. Yeah, just
2: give us to us give it to us straight. We're mature the cl- supporters. Like fucking
1: send Adrian Heath out wearing fucking Louis Vuitton, head-to-toe, wearing like Armani glasses with fucking dollar signs etched into them and say fucking we did it for the money, okay? Like just fucking Come out there and just say it was the money, he wasn't getting along, he wasn't right for our system. Like I, I don't know. Like maybe that would go down as a lead balloon. But you know what? We'd At least be, they're honest. it would be you'd That's be playing us straight. Line, I mean, yeah. You'd be you'd be telling Instead us of your just line. Jerking us around
2: like we're we're dumb fans who don't know the inner working club and how soccer mm.
1: works. And uh, it's insulting. And I've said this on the pod before. Last thing, I'll shut up, I promise. I know you guys gone, you want to say some stuff, but like if you're not comfortable saying it, if you're not comfortable sending, you know, Adrian out there to shit literal gold and say, this is the <laughs> shit that we got from LA. Like, if, you, if you're not comfortable doing that, at least, like, leak it. Like, you know, officials close to the team said that Ramirez was, you know, unhappy and needed to, like, you, tell us your reasoning. Like, you give us something to go on, man. Well, no. They've
0: said what their reasoning is. They've said. We want to go with Rodriguez. We want to go with Demlotti. We want to give him minutes to develop.
3: That reason's out there. That reason is them saying, we know what we're doing. And that's part of
0: why
1: them saying that is so fucking insufficient right now. Because we've never ever had the admission that when, when the last two times that they said it and they didn't know what they were doing. That they didn't actually vote. There was no admission
0: of that. The closest we've gotten to an admission that the team fucked up and didn't know what they were doing was when they tweeted out Vadim Demidov getting his contract bought out and had ellipses at the top of it. And that said, news, MNUFC has released Vadim Demidov.
1: That's the closest thing. And it was just bullshit snark. I mean, are are we... Is this where the team I I feel like I have this fucking deja vu like I we were saying this just a few months ago. Is this where the team expected to be? F- clawing their way for the last playoff spot and it all hinging on one match in August. Like is this is this our fate or are the ambitions higher? Is this adequate for Dr. Bill? Is this adequate for the other owners? Is this what our fans can expect year after year though we get close to a player like Ramirez and they're sold because a coach who whose system has been floundering is allowed to sell him. Is this level the best?
3: Or is our coach, is, is he getting told, you're in the hot seat now? God, I hope so. Yeah, he, he should be, at
0: least. Like, every single coach should always be on a hot seat. Pep Guardiola should be on the hot seat in Man City. That should be the pressure to meet expectations. Whatever the expectations are for Minnesota, Adrian Heath should be called to account to meet them. If these are, in fact, the expectations, that's a really disappointing thing for us as fans. If they are below expectations, then fuck yes his seat should be about as hot as it gets.
2: The next five games for Minnesota are away games. We have Galaxy, Dallas, SKC, DC, uh, DC United, uh, and Real Salt Lake. One point in there, maybe a draw away to DC United.
3: Like, at the end of that away run, if he just sells a job, he's here at the end of the year, that's for sure. And... There has to be some accountability, not only on the players that Heath hasn't shown to multiple players on the team that there's no accountability. But There has to be accountability to the coach with these poor results. And we
2: have no idea what is going on in the front office if they even had the conversation that Heath is on the hot seat. They're so close to the vest. They're the only team in
0: MLS who didn't, Participate in the what was it the uh, uh the Grant Wall ambition rankings because ambition rankings, they didn't want to like, reveal anything about their internal spending
2: which was a joke back then and it's just a condemnation of where the team is right now because they're so far up their own asses that they're oh we we don't want to let anyone know what our ambitions are well you better not be fucking reaching them with with a, in a eighth place in the West and. Fading fast and poor wave record and all this terrible stuff around the team with their form. I'm not making any sense anymore. Basically, their ambitions should be higher than this, and if they're not, then there needs to be a change at the top. Front office needs to be cleaned out with people who are ambitious and wanted to see with this club, and not just fill seats.
0: Do we want to end on a positive note? Honestly, let's
2: favorite Christian
0: Ramirez moment. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Colin, you want to go first? Um I actually want to go last. Okay.
2: I'll go first. Um my first game with the, in the dark cloud section at, at Nessie was the Cosmos home game
3: where Krishnamer's scored the game winner the only time Minnesota beat the Cosmos. Um I don't remember a lot from that game cuz I
2: was apparently in the early stages of a very bad head flu or like a very bad just terrible sickness that hit me full force the next day. But I remember that goal and I remember going absolutely insane. I knew no one in the Dark Clouds, but I hugged everyone around me. It was just an amazing moment that really brought me closer to fans in the Dark Clouds section and made me feel welcome in that section. And then my first game, I didn't know anybody. My wife was out of town, so she wasn't there, so I couldn't even be like, Hey, that was pretty cool. <laughs> So it's just kind of alone in a sea of strangers that became best friends once that goal was scored. Those years of squandering chances against the
3: cosmos, that monkey on the back just fell off, and it was just relief and happiness in the stand.
1: I'm just gonna say all of them. I mean, I know that's an anticlimactic like answer, but there's there's no one. Babe. Yeah, it's it it it's for me. It's an unbroken story from beginning to end and i only have one moment i think that's really unsavory in that whole thing despite all the moments of low form despite all the ebbs uh that came with the flow um i i enjoyed every minute of it i did he, you know anytime he used to walk over disappointed after a loss you know it felt it felt strangely you felt that strange camaraderie with him like you knew him um when he scored and you saw him celebrate, you felt like it was all was right with the world, and he was our talisman, and I I loved it every last second of him being with the team. Um, I don't. I'm struggling to think of a moment that he's had with us where I was like, "Whoa, that really pissed me off." This is Ramirez guy, because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Danny. Ramirez. There's literally just one <laughs> moment of this story that I have not. Like and that has left a sour taste in my mouth after it got over and it's the events of yesterday so and who the hell knows how i'm gonna look back on that in the future so all of them i'm gonna have to go with
0: something that didn't happen on the field we sat in a little conference room in golden valley when christian ramirez and miguel ibarra were unveiled to fans as mls players and Aside from it being the reunion that we all wanted, aside from it being the, you know, the Batman and Superman return, it felt to all of us in there like MLS was going to be a continuation of this
3: special thing that we had. I think that's probably what hurts the most out of this. Because, you know,
0: We're not at Nessie anymore. We're down to three players that played on the NASL team. We frankly don't have much
3: of the same identity. We don't have the same feeling that the players are... It's different now. And we knew that MLS was going to change a lot of things, but... We still had Christian.
0: We still had Miguel. We still had to deal with Ibsen.
1: We still had... (laughs) And celebrate Ibsen. Venerate him. Leave him offerings of... Brazilian meat stuff. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Brazilian meat
0: stuff. Why are we offering (laughs) that shit up, by the way? That we should be eating it. Yeah, we should be eating it. But... (laughs) The reason that this hurts so much is because it feels like another piece of that special
3: thing that we got into is gone. Yeah. I, I think that is
1: a, I think that is a wise line to end this on. I think that a little piece of special something that we had is gone. Okay, a lot of lot of feelings there on the table Um, in the last hour. I'm glad we did that. Uh, I don't know when I listen to this again in a few days or a few years from now how I'm going to feel about everything that we've said. Uh, Hopefully it stands the test of time and maybe this team, and hopefully this team proves us wrong and just, you know, runs the table from now until 2030.
2: <laughs> this isn't FIFA, not. We, we, we can't control the team from... a
1: I'm, by the way, I'm putting him back on the team in FIFA. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. No one can take him away no, yeah. from me. I'm that's sorry. Like happening. that. That's no. Sorry. I'm uh, gonna start
2: football managers. Football manager save with Minnesota United just so he never gets traded. Right.
1: You were saying, by the way, what if what if we get like if, what if he had gone to the Galaxy and we'd have like Giassi on our team and then next year's like Journey mode is Giassi <laughs> and Alex Hunter coming to like Minnesota United.
2: <laughs> oh man, so brandable for you know the right. national. Park. International market.
1: Well, anyway, we've gone on long enough. It's time for us to say goodbye. Where can the good people find your musings on Twitter? I'm at olson 716
2: Also for 1 Um, I did the match preview for the Seattle game last week. Which why do you want to read that again? Um, also check out Wes's article just on just from beer's memories, and it was really touching. And I didn't tear up. Shut up, Tallon. Your match go.
0: Um, you can find me at The Attachment. You can find my writing over at E Pluribus Lunum. Um, we also had a pretty lengthy uh, set of memories from pretty much everybody involved. And it only involved me uh, dunking on Eli Hoff once. He is the one
1: responsible for this whole situation. So
3: was like, <laughs> God damn it, Eli!
1: <laughs> Adrian was on Twitter and I was like, oh, that's the ranking. Okay, then. Um, anyway i can be found at TWO united fans uh that's it nothing else i don't do anything else these days i go to class i go to work and then i tweet a little bit and i record this podcast and what does that make me you yell into a megaphone
0: yes, you won't I do, do it for like a month but it really does suck
1: yeah. although i'm really glad i don't have to go back and do that in a few days that would be like i don't even know what the stadium would be like Um, it'd be like you know how that there's that thing of donald glover walking into the apartment and community and everything's on fire i'm pretty sure that's how it would be hey
0: i mean it could at least be uh that instead of parts of the this is america
1: video right anyway you can find this podcast on find podcast providers everywhere do tell your friends to listen to us and to subscribe we do appreciate having you as a listener well, that's it for this week, y'all. We'll come back with another regular episode of Week All at Soccer where we cover much more than just Minnesota United next week.